Well, world leaders have been puffing their chests with Biden in Kiev and Warsaw and a long rambling speech by Vladimir Putin. But that's not what's driving markets today. It's the PMI numbers suggesting economies are doing better than expected. And that's had a big impact on bond yields and pushed equities down today. And today, Australian wage inflation. And what's the RBNZ going to do? It's a busy one. It's Wednesday, the 22nd of February, 2023. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, bond yields are pushing higher this morning, up 14 basis points for 10-year treasuries, up to 3.95% now. Two years are up over 4.73%, hitting the highest since 2007. In the UK, 10-year gilts are up 14 basis points to 3.61%. German bunds up 7 basis points. Now, we did mention yesterday that the S&P 500 had, as a mean, fallen 24% during each recession since 1945. And that drew a response from a listener who pointed out that from its high last year, the S&P fell exactly that, 24%. So uh, was that the expectation of the recession that never was? So are we ready for the rally that follows that, which is always how we come out of a recession? Well, not today, that's for sure. Uh, The Dow is, in fact, down 2.1%. The S&P 500 has lost 2%. The Nasdaq is down 2.5% at close. And at close in Europe, the Eurostoxx 50, DAX and FTSE 100 all down half percent. The US dollar is up 0.3% on the DXY. The pound is up 0.6%. The Aussie dollar down almost 0.8% to 68.5 US cents and falls in oil 1.5% off Brent down to 82.80 a barrel. Now, another thing we said yesterday, expect some big moves as America comes back from their day off and we went wrong on that and it seems uh, to be down to the latest PMI numbers. So let's look at them now with NAB's Gavin Friend in London. Uh, starting with uh, U.S. services uh, PMI higher at 50.5, 47.2 was expected, a slight increase in manufacturing, but still well below 50. But I mean, all of this, I mean, this is the reason, isn't it, why we're seeing bond yields up so much today? Yeah, morning, Phil. I think, um, you know, the, the, the story of February has been stronger uh, in the main U.S. economic data, uh, which has been pushing yields higher. Um, I, I would agree that, uh, that that on Tuesday it's been more of a global story as well. If we look at the U.S. manufacturing numbers, this is the this is the S and P series, of course, that they go around the world and do all these, um, and they're suitably below what. The, the U.S. is really seeing from the ISM uh, read read across or database. So, you know, uh, from the U.S., forty seven point eight uh, up from forty six point nine. Um, you know, it still shows manufacturing uh, contracting, but a slower pace on services. It, it did bounce back to above fifty from forty six point eight. You, you look across at the ISM reading, and it's fifty five and change. So, I think I think from the market's point of view, they still look at these numbers on the for the U.S. as slightly suspicious. Whether it's you know what's the, what's the correct reading but it's it's an improvement um, and I think we then come back to the global you know prop here eurozone composite uh, PMIs moving nicely up you know to 53 from 50 France leading the way there Germany strong in services less so in manufacturing that's the laggard but then you've got a nice positive contribution from the rest of the eurozone we don't get any detail in this preliminary release but you know there, there was um, you know, um, a hat tip to strength, particularly in services, up at the highest level in nine months. Um, this, as also on Tuesday, data on European car sales up 11% in January, the sixth successive month. And in Spain, auto sales surged 51%. 
it's from a low base. Um, but the point here, I think, is then you know you look you you look across at these numbers and the UK numbers, and that you know those kind of you know ap more apocalyptic views that we saw three or four months ago are gradually bit by bit you know easing away we're now talking about flat to positive growth even in the uk rather than yeah. flat to negative you know well, so the oecd numbers that were released on tuesday as well they said uh, they 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 basically showed that the uk uh, was the fastest of the g7 economies in in q4 last year four four percent growth last year they reckon compared to uh, well 1.1 percent in japan so i mean so the uk is doing better than many people had expected and certainly on in those pmis as well so uh, look at the services number there. That was quite a step yeah, up. You've you, you got to be careful with that, that, that 2022 GDP comparison because that was really off the fact that the UK fell so hard, hard. Exactly. during the pandemic. Yeah. It then yeah. bounced up so much and we're getting the sort of, you know, the, the sort of... Yeah. And I mean, still the that. only one, aren't they? Who are <laughs> on a growth levels basis, it's below. Yeah. Indeed, indeed. But to your point, you know, the UK PMI's manufacturing and services have been languishing below fifty, so in contraction, and suddenly, you know, they're at fifty-three and change. Uh, what what happened? And it, it looks like there's there's a broad improvement in orders. You know, client demand, sharp sharp increase in job creation. Yeah. Um, still so finding it difficult to to, to get that labour, but th these are all good developments and positive. So that would, doesn't that become a concern there? Because yes, the report said this is the, the sharpest increase in job creation since October last year. Mm. Uh, and they're having difficulty getting people despite higher starting wages, higher starting salaries. Yeah. So I mean, that this all points to inflation concerns, doesn't it? And how central banks are going to react well, hence, hence the direction in bond again, markets. Again, you've got to be careful about how many numbers are we talking about here. We know in aggregate the, the most up-to-date wage numbers coming out of the, the Bank of England's decision makers panel as we've discussed before are rolling over and they expect to pay over the next 12 months lower than they've paid in the previous 12 months we still need we're going to get a new data set for february next week on that we're going to get the latest ons numbers for january in a couple of weeks time and again they last week were showing things starting tentatively to roll over the bank of england is very cognizant of the direction the change in the direction there so i take mm. your point but you've got to look at the bigger picture here and things seem to be yes they're high and, and as we've said look if, if they continue those numbers could continue to show things are just getting a little bit better the bank can sit at four percent if if things are getting worse then the bank is going to clearly have to raise rates to four so has any okay so has any of this news then really changed the path for banks or would that be an overreaction because i mean certainly markets are reacting to no it. i think um clearly there's a there's a, that's a big jump isn't it you know from from 47 yeah. uh, and change to 53 it's a marked uh, rise I, I suspect some people will want to see that that is you know given the headwinds facing the uk whether that is sustained they want to see that but it also plays to the next part of the story one we've been talking about for a while that there is a little bit of optimism building up here the mood music around a deal between the, the europe and the uk on northern ireland um you know things are really moving fast they're coming together they're, they're, again they're yeah. not over the line yet it's clearly there was talk about a Possibly a deal being announced to the cabinet today that clearly hasn't happened. Maybe Thursday, maybe next week. So you've been talking about this, and I've been immensely sceptical, but I was reading the editorial in the FT today. I mean, they are talking it up as though Rishi Sunak might be able to pull this off and I mean, well, and, and, and offset the opposition from the DUP and those 
ardent Brexiteers on the Tory backbench. That who, that's who he's fighting against. Yes. So if he can pull this off, that's quite a quite a coup for him. But also, obviously, very good for internal UK trade. And you'd, you'd think would also be a sign that perhaps they can do a better deal. Which and it, you know, this is the big winner, a better deal with the EU generally, which is going to make Britain's future look brighter. Yeah, I mean, the optics of this really matter because if he if he if he can do this because he relies on opposition Labour support uh, in a vote. We don't know if there's going to be a vote, but if there was to be a vote, that wouldn't play well with his backbenchers and it, it could store up trouble for down the road and he might not be willing to take that gambit. Um, he, mm. Much rather he does the deal through persuasion. Okay, And so I think Europe, you listen to Sefcovic, uh, the EU Commission um, deputy today, he's talking about you know compromise and lots of lots of you know activity. Negotiations continue. Everybody has got um, is going into this with a positive view to try and get something done. So that's so. If I, something happens, is that what happens? Good for the pound, presumably. Well, there'll be yeah. I mean, we've said that, that the pound can perhaps visit over the next few weeks if this is done. The sort of you mm. know highs we've seen post Brexit, which is a three or four percent gain. Look at it today; it's up over a percent, percent and a quarter against the Aussie, the Kiwi, the Euro, the Yen. Um, less so against the dollar uh, for other reasons, yep. risk off really. But you know, it, it's yep. it's it's. I think the point, rather than being about the pound, it's about what does it do for. Don't underestimate what this does for investment in the UK. Um, you know, improvement in. Um, in yeah. you know in business uh, sentiment uh, generally and it will play well with the Europe in all, all sorts of different you know ways in terms of collaboration and with the US and the UK yeah absolutely and this is the kind of growth this is the growth prop that the UK really yeah. needs yeah now uh, talking about talk- that's, that's why that's why I should say that's why you've seen UK yields up what 17 basis yes. points in the twos yeah. 14 in the tens more so than in the US right okay hence the difference absolutely well also how much of the risk off that we're seeing can be down to uh, men and uh, in long trousers uh, talking about war. So, you know, Putin with his long rambling speech, two hours he spoke about his intense dislike of the West, and then Biden talking Kiev on uh, Monday and then Warsaw overnight. Uh, I mean, all that established was, I mean, first of all, that New START nuclear arms control treaty between the two countries, it sounds like that's off. Uh, and obviously this war is, is going to go on for a long time. Uh, so um, are markets paying much attention? I mean, it has stepped up. The rhetoric stepped up, yeah, clearly. Yeah, markets are watching it with a, with, a, with, a, with a cautious eye. I mean, you, you, you might be, just remember, this is Putin's um, State of the Union address. He talked about, to, to your point, the suspending its participation in the treaty that sees the US and it share information on nuclear capabilities and testing and that kind of thing. That sounds ominous. And it comes against, you know, the point where we're hearing, um, you know, uh, reports of uh, one of China's top foreign affairs diplomats are now in Moscow for talks. There have been rumours recently that, 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 that Beijing might be you know, open to more assistance to Russia on the war in Ukraine. Uh, there's now a Wall Street Journal report that uh, President Xi Jinping may be preparing for a visit to Moscow as well. As well. Now, you, you can paint that picture. On the other side, there's also uh, lots of coverage of um, <clears throat> a story on Tuesday, publication of President Xi Jinping's plan, uh, a global initiative on world peace. He's going to make a speech on this on the 24th of February, which, of course, is the one-year milestone for the invasion of Ukraine. So, you know, it, we shouldn't, we shouldn't, we shouldn't um, mm. jump to conclusions. You know, the, 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 this, this, this global initiative on world peace 
does sound uh, very interesting. I well, think you know markets will be well, do well to kind of you know listen to that on Friday well, we and uh, before. Assuming that he's before. signing with Russia, absolutely. Well, we'd all like a bit of that, wouldn't we? A bit of world peace. Uh, let's get back to central banks very quickly. So uh, inflation in Canada, their core reading month on month in January actually rose a little, 0.3 percent, was a bit more than expected. But year on year, the headline rate is falling. Uh, so, I mean, does that is that core number a cause for concern for the Bank of Canada? I mean, there, there was an expectation they're heading for a pause. Does that change? No, I think it reinforces it really. So, you know, headline down to mm. five point one, below the forecast five point two. The 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 trimmed um, core number, as you say, uh, coming in lower. Uh, if you strip out, they had some retail sales numbers as well. They looked a bit on par with the forecast, but if you stripped out autos, they actually look quite soft in some areas, in so clothing and uh, electronics and um, uh, furniture and those kinds of things. It supports the idea of a mm. pause uh, for, so, the, for the bank. Okay, so what about the RBA? So we had the minutes out yesterday. They showed that they did consider, I mean, of course, we heard a lot from uh, from, from Lower over the last week, but the, the, the minutes showed they did consider a 50 basis point hike. Obviously, doesn't mean that they'll go there again, but uh, that does show the extent of concern that they had about inflation and, and rising wages, doesn't it? It does. It does. And markets have, have, have pushed up the, you know, their terminal pricing. And of course, one of the key ingredients to that is going to be this morning's release on Q4 wages. Um, mm. The backdrop to this, of course, is the sharp acceleration in private sector wages in Q3. Uh, NAB expects uh, wages to rise. That, that private sector is going to be the leader in this, of course, the driver again. We look for a 1% Q on Q gain. That's pretty much in line with the consensus, um, but we would note that the risks, you know, if they are any, are skewed towards something like a 1.1 reading. Uh, we think that, you know, if it's if it's 0.91%, that leaves the RBA looking probably for two more rate hikes, 25 basis point rate hikes, but anything above 1.1, and then you've got the potential for the RBA to sort of broaden the discussion and, you know, the idea about whether the terminal rate needs to be closer to, you know, what the Fed or, or, or the RBNZ yeah, well, what for. are they going to do? What are they going to do today? Yeah, so um, so their meeting follows shortly afterwards after the uh, Australia wage data. Um, the consensus and our colleagues at BNZ is for a 50 basis points a hike in the OCR to 4.75. Um, you know, it's fair to say, I mean, there's a lot of curveballs being thrown because of the, you know, the, 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 the cyclone and the recent floods. Um, the net result of those is more likely in aggregate to be, you know, higher spending, the rebuilding work, all that kind of stuff. But that's probably a story we need to think mm. about a little bit further down the road. Um, so 50 basis points, and the, but maybe some, some, some pausing back on where the terminal rate, you know, may go from five and a half, maybe to five and a quarter. Okay, well, we'll see what it brings today. Jeff and IFO also today and of course the FOMC minutes out tomorrow morning just conveniently just before tomorrow's podcast so that gives us something to kick off tomorrow morning with good to talk Gavin we'll catch you soon cheers Phil and Dave DeGaris joining me tomorrow morning on the morning call I'm Phil Dobby for NAB I'll see you then